When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, Brian. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. We've got another good show lined up for us today. And once again, we are a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast. And there are about 126, 127 episodes right there, and there's bound to be one that applies to your individual situation. On today's show, Brian, we want to talk about something called Christian's Mechanics and 401ks. We'll explain that later on. Also, reverse mortgages. But let's start off the show today, Brian, talking about what's happening in the world today. Of course, inflation is uh, still with us. Not necessarily record highs, but inflation is really the highest it's been in uh, really quite a period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about current events here and kind of uh, recap what we've been doing on the show for probably the last six months or so. A lot of people have noticed, well, your show's a little bit different. You used to talk about a lot of current events, and, and that is correct. But what we've been doing over the last, uh, as I mentioned, about six months, uh, you may not be aware of this, but we've been rotating topics through. We've done about 100 different topics in a row. We had a couple other shows in, in between there, but we've uh, actually been doing a, a different quarter hour topic Again, 100 different ones. I think we're, we've done 98. We're going to do yeah. the last two today. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be more kind of like the show has been in the past where we do talk a little bit more about current events. But I wanted to put this library of topics together in quarter hour segments so that we had the 100 different topics recorded, which, again, after today, we'll be done. We'll yeah. be done with that. And so kind of a neat a milestone, I think. But if you've been thinking, gosh, you talked about, you haven't talked about, you know, such and such for a long time. There's a reason for that. It's because each each topic has been different. Yeah, and we're going to talk about inflation in a minute, but I do want to expand on this a little bit. These 100 topics, we have a website that you can go to at madronafinancial.com. There's a little chat button in the lower right-hand corner, Brian, and our listeners can click on that and ask almost any question, and it's going to point them to an answer, and this answer many times could be part of a video library. Yeah, I have also have recorded 100 videos. They're approximately six minutes in length on the 100 different different topics. And so we're going to have that up shortly. And I think that's going to be really important. So depending on whether you like to hear your messaging, uh, view it, whatever, it'll be there. And the, the 100 topics are in basically 12 different areas. The 12 areas off the top of my head are investments is one of them. Another one is annuities. Uh, we've got life insurance as a topic, long-term care, social security, financial planning, Then we also have income taxes and tax planning, estate planning, trusts, business succession, real estate, 
and finally, charitable gifting strategies. So those are the big 12 areas. And within those areas, I have topics that, that added up to the 100 different topics. Yeah. And if you click on that chat button there, that little bubble in the lower right-hand corner of the screen there, it'll point you to one of those. But if you have a question that is not able to be answered by one of those videos, certainly an advisor can answer that for you. Once again, that's a new feature at madronafinancial.com. We also have something else that people are, I think, would be pretty interested in, and that is the Rooted Wealth analysis. And it occurs to me, Brian, that even the mightiest of trees can be blown over if they don't have solid roots. And the same applies to your financial plan. If you don't have a solidly rooted financial plan, it can be blown over too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, the biggest trees can have the uh, shallowest roots and you know, we have a big windstorm after a, a rain and these big trees topple over. Well, that's because their their roots didn't get too deep. And, and similar analogy with financial planning, you can have certain things be really well, but if you don't have everything uh, working together, you, you can get just an obvious example would be you have all the assets in the world, but get sued and lose them. Oh, I didn't have an umbrella insurance policy. I didn't listen to that topic. Oops. Mm-hmm. You know, or or whatever. I mean, things can go wrong and will go wrong. You know, there will be storms in your financial life and having uh, the rooted well system is kind of what we're, you know, that's why I have a hundred different topics. If, if this was easy, I'd, I think we'd do one topic and say, okay, we're done. Let's go home. Everybody go home. <laughs> if I had the investment that said, oh, it, it can grow. It produces cash flow. Uh, it's secure. You'll never lose money on it. It's fully liquid and tax-free. Well, okay, I'd hit the easy button and put everybody in it and walk away. But financial planning is not like that. And so that's why there's it's it is complex. That's why, as I mentioned, a hundred deep dive topics, and and I've got a lot more on my list here. I, I haven't recorded yet, but <laughs> I'm going to take a break at a hundred. I think that was uh, that was a big uh, endeavor was, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, especially with the videos that uh, you and I recorded together <laughs> on that uh, hundred different videos. And if you've never recorded anything before, you know there's a difference. You know, talking to your friends is easy, yeah. and then you get in front of a microphone. As uh, some people. Uh, have a little more trouble, but then you throw a video camera on you in front of a microphone. That's when people are like, what was my name again? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it is a little bit harder, but I'm glad we went through that exercise. I think it'll really benefit uh, anybody listening or watching these videos. Yeah, that was a fun experience working with you over the period of many, many days. But again, it is an asset that we put out there for our listeners and now our viewers to take a look and uh, get their questions answered. Once again, you can go to madronafinancial.com on the homepage. Right there at the top, it says, rooted wealth plan and a little button that says get started so find out of uh, how well your plan is rooted by clicking on that again no cost and no obligation for that at madronafinancial.com okay glad that we talked about that brian but let's get back to inflation inflation is still with us and it's really having an impact on a lot of people yeah, it sure is. And I remind people now that if you listen to this show a year ago, at least a year ago, we were talking about inflation and we were talking about how it was underreported. And we were talking about how basically we were getting lied to because we were being told that it was transitory and that the Fed would keep it at 2%, keep it below 2%. That's what they kept saying. They And we kept saying on this show, that is not accurate. The Fed does not control 
control inflation. Inflation is a function of supply and demand much more than it is on the overnight borrowing rate between banks. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. you know, the Fed can handle, you know, uh, address the overnight borrowing rates between banks, but they do not control supply and demand. And as we've said, I remember it was nine months ago, probably, I was talking about the Fed does not call up the CEO of Home Depot and says, yeah, about those lumber prices that tripled. Could you scale that back? Because <laughs> I told everybody it's going to be 2% and not 200% uh, increase. So they don't have that control. They never have. We were lied to all that time. Again, you can go back to this show over a year, and I was talking about it over and over and over, how this is a serious problem. It's coming. It's happening. The Fed is not going to be able to fix it. And here we are. I hate to say I was right. Well, I have no problem saying that you were right, Brian, because uh, you tend to really think these things out. And I just looked this up. The CPI report for March 2022 puts inflation at 8.5%. That is the highest rate that we have seen in many, many years. And I would say that's underreported because it depends on what you're measuring. Now, when they often report inflation, they'll throw in housing and, and so forth. So maybe your rent didn't go up 8.5% because you have a longer term lease. And so that was a big part of the, your expenses and it didn't go up. But have you gone to the grocery store lately? Have you gone out to eat? Have you tried to put gas in your car? Have you tried to buy a car? There is such a shortage of things. I actually went to a new car dealership, a Cadillac dealership. Now, you know, we always, I grew up, oh, that's a Cadillac of whatever. Yeah. And we were looking at this car, and uh, what does this button, these eight buttons here do? We kept hitting buttons, and nothing was happening. And she finally admitted, well, they don't do anything because we don't have the chips. Oh, my gosh. And they only had, like, one car for sale on the lot. Wow. And none of the buttons worked. (laughs) That's probably why I use cars. Are so expensive because yeah. at least their buttons work because they have chips. Yeah, that eight point five percent again does not necessarily cover the things we're spending money on because I guarantee I'm spending more than eight and a half percent more on all those things I mentioned to drive my car to the restaurant to park my car to anything at all that I want is more than eight and a half. I probably wouldn't even notice eight and a half percent over the course of a year, but that is not eight and a half. And so even that is underreported. And I'm sorry to say in six months, we'll be looking back at this going, oh yeah, you were right again, Brian. (laughs) You know, because it's it's not reversing its trend. And and then of course, uh, labor. Labor has gone way up and try and get anything done. If you can get anybody to show up, your quotes are going to be way higher than 8.5% higher than they were a year ago. Part of the reason for that is we had the great resignation and, you know, we had the stimulus money, frankly, uh, going to people to pay them to stay home. And they did. And once they stayed home, they're like, oh, this is pretty nice. A lot of people. And they didn't come back to the workplace. And so we we took workers out of the workplace. Supply and demand. Guess what? The demand for uh, services didn't go down, but the supply of workers did. Prices go up. That's basic economics. And so that's what we've been seeing. So even that eight and a half, people go, oh, eight and a half, that's terrible. Oh, it's, it's much worse than that for most of the things that at least I spend money on. You know, if you have a mortgage, that one's not going up. Okay. But everything else went up a lot more than eight and a half. Yeah. You were talking about rents. I mean, in the Seattle area, I understand that rents are rising as much as 20 and 30 percent year to year. And that's forcing a lot of people to look for other places to live or at least to get out to places where rents are more affordable. As you said, gasoline, it's up more than 8.5 percent. Bought a bottle of salad dressing in the supermarket the other day that's normally $4. It's now $6. So yeah, inflation is here. It's more than uh, 8.5%. But 8.5% is really 
a reflection of the CPI. What is the CPI? Yeah, as I mentioned, the CPI is going to uh, throw a lot of things in there. And, and again, one might be housing. You're thinking, well, as I just mentioned, you have a mortgage. That, that didn't go up. So that kind of keeps that, that figure down uh, artificially, in my, in my opinion. If they would measure the things that, again, that I think people are spending money on. Uh, anybody listening knows, uh, yeah, it's most of the things are m- up much more than that. So the CPI, is, you know, we, we've talked on the show about my favorite book in college, How to Lie with Statistics. Mm-hmm. And I, I can make uh, inflation number anything you want it to be, depending on what I'm measuring. And I may not tell you what I'm measuring. So CPI, and nobody knows what's in the CPI. I guess you could look it up and figure out how it applies to you. But it depends on what you're measuring. And I'm just saying that, as I mentioned, I think if you're listening to this, you're thinking about what you're spending money on. You're going, yeah, yeah. I have noticed a lot more than 8.5% on a lot of stuff I spend money on. So just saying that uh, this, this is not over. This is a huge problem. Interest rates, surprisingly, are still low, but inflation, as opposed to interest rates, is high, and the Fed does not have control over that. Yeah, and the CPI, of course, is a consumer price index. It's a measure of the average change over time when the price is paid by urban consumers for a market basket of consumer goods and services. But as you said, different sectors of that market basket certainly can be a lot higher than others. We're talking about current events with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Once again, uh, we were talking earlier about a rooted wealth plan. If you want to check the health of your financial roots and determine if they can sustain the quality of life you want for 30 plus years, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button to get started to request your rooted wealth analysis. It's madronafinancial.com. Click on the button to get started. And if you've got a question, we've got a little chat button there in the lower right-hand corner. Once again, all that at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the economy, the market, whether or not we're headed for another bear market. All that and more when our show continues after this. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about current events. And Brian, you know, last segment we talked about inflation, the fact that the CPI is 8.5%. We think that that is underreported. So there are a lot of other things going on out there in the financial world. And really, it prompts me to ask this question. Are we headed for a bear market? That's a great question. And like most questions on this show, I get to say, it depends. Uh, It depends on a lot of factors. And, you know, talking about the news outlets talk about, oh, we might, you know, hit recession or or like like that's some big magic thing. You know, if you hit it or what if you're only one percent short of a recession? I mean, you're still going to feel it. And, you know, my definition of of things, uh, what's what's the definition of a recession? It's when your neighbor loses their job. What's the definition of a depression (laughs) when you lose yours? So tired old joke there. But what I'm trying to point out is, you know, we could have the R word, you know, the recession and you go, well, I'm fine. 
my mortgage didn't change, my job I'm is in high demand, I've never been busier, and I'm not sure I notice it. I notice prices are up, but I'm not sure I notice that. So recessions are, are tricky. They, they may or may not affect you personally. And kind of like COVID, I mean, it was devastating to a lot of people financially, and to other people, their businesses never did as well as, as they did during COVID. So it's it's a tough, tough to, a discussion. You asked me the question, are we here for a bear market? Again, that's a measurement deal. That's that's a certain percentage drop in the in the stock market index. I don't know, but they you know they do happen, and so uh, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. You know, the stock market trades where it trades because fifty percent of the people think it's undervalued and fifty percent think it's overvalued. That's where you, you get the equilibrium of pricing, and so you know it's it's hard to say. But I, I will say that there is uh, definitely a lot more talk. People I'm talking to, you know, we've had a good run, a good run in real estate and a good run in the stock market. A long, long, long run. Uh, never had such a, a bull market uh, that I can recall uh, historically. And so a lot of people are going, huh, I don't think this is going to go on forever. Maybe I should take some steps now to protect some of this. And so the discussion around protection and risk has become more and more what I've been talking about with clients of late. Okay, so as you said, we may or may not be headed for a bear market. A recession could be in the future as well, too. That was my question, really, is if we're headed for a bear market and maybe we're headed for a recession, we've been through these before, and we've had this unprecedented long uh, you know, bull market run. If you're in the market, you're getting ready to retire, how can we combat the possibility of either one of these things affecting us? Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, when COVID hit, uh, I think they measured it out as a recession. I recall that that's what they called it, but then it bounced back so quickly and the market bounced back. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the market's going to be down, but you know, it certainly was for a time. And, and some people, uh, you know, they got out and they didn't get back in in time. And so there's out of the market, it recovered, they sold low and that was a big problem. So what we try and do for, for folks is figure out, okay, you know, one of the questions I might ask is we might, uh, I might look at your portfolio for the first time and say, well, I, I know how you would feel feel if that went up 20%, you would feel happy. <laughs> but what if it went down 20%? And if they said, well, I'd be devastated. I mean, okay, then that portfolio probably isn't right because there's there's a good chance portfolios go down 20%. It happens over time. It, it just does. And so if you're looking at yours going, yeah, I don't think I could take that right now. This Maybe 20 years ago I could, but not today. Maybe it's time to start looking at what kinds of things you can have in there. Generally, people have stocks and bonds, and they might be looking at their bonds going, I keep losing money on these. Why is that? Well, I've been saying on this show for a long time, you're going to lose money on bonds when interest rates go up, and interest rates have been going up. So, you know, you might be looking at that. You might realize you don't have any protective elements to your portfolio. You don't have any fixed index annuities for safe accumulation. You don't have any fixed index annuities for lifetime cash flow or increasing lifetime cash flow. You don't have permanent life insurance that protects you with life insurance or allows for tax-free cash flow with with, uh, protections in there. You don't have any stock market investments with any protections. You're not diversified into passive real estate. I can go on and on. There are things we can do to help protect you. So if you're kind of nervous about the market and you haven't felt that way for a long time, you're not alone. A lot of people are feeling that right now. They're feeling that nervousness uh, their portfolios have never been as big as they, they are. They're bigger than you ever thought they would be. And now you're going, maybe it's time. I'm older. My portfolio's bigger. Maybe it's time to have some protective elements in there. And that's where we can really help out. 
So with the possibility of a bear market, maybe a recession on the horizon, are you saying that really safe money is the way to go these days, or should you always have some money at what I'll call slight risk? Right. I can't give specific investment advice without knowing you, but generally speaking, there's always a place for safe money. There's always a place for growth investments that aren't safe. There's always a place for investments that produce cash flow. There's always a place for investments that have tax benefits to them. All of these should be considered in all portfolios. It doesn't mean you'll have all of those in your portfolio, and you may may or may not at different points in your life. You know, like As I mentioned, if you're 30 years old, you, you probably should have a lot more growth investments and not so much on the safe side because you know you got time on your side. And safe investments tend not to grow very much compared to other ones. So great question, another one I won't answer because I don't know who I'm, who's listening. <laughs> yeah. However, what I'm seeing from the people I'm talking to is that that blend of growth assets, cash flow assets, safe investments, the blend, depending on your percentages, everybody has a different uh, risk tolerance, but we're having more and more conversations around safe investment options because, as I mentioned, you know, we're getting older. As time goes by, we get older, and we probably want to take risk off the table, especially as we enter retirement. So if we are headed for a bear market, possibly a recession in the past, recessions, bear markets have lasted for longer periods of time. But as you said, we had that as a result of COVID. If either one of those happened, a bear market or a recession, can we expect to bounce back more quickly just because the world has changed? Yeah, I've seen the bounce backs happen faster. Uh, we went through a 10-year malaise in 2000 through 2009. So people probably, you know, if you were invested during that time, you go, yeah, I wasn't too excited about the market. It, it went up, then it crashed, and then it recovered, then it crashed again, and it recovered, and we started the decade at the same place we ended the decade, and that wasn't so great. And so, you know, since then, the, the market's been, you know, really good, and and we've had, you know, other than COVID, we really haven't had any significant drops but people with long memories and go, well, it could happen. And you're right, it can happen. So again, that that is a big reason why, you know, we certainly use a lot of fixed index annuities in this case to help protect against the down market with a percentage of your investment. So we want to get to the point where when I ask that question, again, I uh, if the market goes up 20% and you're not fully in the market, are you going to be upset? And, well, no, not if I had protection. Okay. If it's down 20%, but you're not down nearly 20% because you had protection, are you okay? And generally the answer is, well, yeah, I'm probably going to be okay with that. And so once you you kind of uh, get a sense of the what if, the what if the market drops, how will you react? How will your portfolio react? Uh, you can kind of get it, at least fine tune it to where maybe it's not devastating. It's annoying when the market drops a lot, but but not you know life-changing or devastating. We're talking with Brian Evans here about the current economy and the current market. Brian, I've heard the term inverted yield curve mentioned in the news recently and the fact that that could be a predictor of a recession. First of all, what is an inverted yield curve? Yeah, that's where uh, short-term interest rates on bonds being issued are actually higher than long-term ones. So you get more on, a say, a five-year treasury than you would a 30-year bond. And so uh, we don't see that very often. Usually, the longer the commitment the higher the interest rate that's that's being paid. But then you get these inverted yield curves. I will say something about these statistics because if they were always true, we could always go, oh, I know what's going to happen. I'll just look at these different statistics. But then, you know, you get a statistic, well, three times it's done this. And so the fourth time it'll be just like that, right? Not necessarily. 
things keep changing. The world is different today than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. Gosh, 40 years ago, we weren't even talking about technology, uh, anything. And now that's what everybody's talking about. So, you know, it's the markets are different and they're going to react differently. So we can't just look at something like inverted yield curve means X because it did that in 1922 and it did that in 1941 and it did that in 1968. You know, it just well, it was a different world back then. Yeah. So we have to be careful about those kinds of t- statistics, uh, making decisions from that. Again, I, I want to just harken back to, you know, how would you feel if X, Y, or Z happened and, and then act accordingly now, uh, anticipating that uh, some things could go south sometimes. You're listening to Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth. Certainly appreciate you joining us this week. Once again, if you want to check the health of your financial roots and determine if they can sustain the quality of life you want for 30 plus years, then go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button and get started to request your rooted wealth analysis. Now, it's not going to cost you anything. This is purely informational and it is a great opportunity for you to check how well your financial plan is rooted. Once again, madronafinancial.com, click on the get started button for the rooted wealth analysis. And while you're there, look for that chat button as well to ask us any question that you want. Someone will get right back to you. That's madronafinancial.com. Click on the button to get started. Brian, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Christians, mechanics, 401ks, and more when Growing Your Wealth continues after this. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment is entitled Christians, Mechanics, and Your 401k Plan. And Brian, that's an interesting title. It is one of the titles in your book, Prosperous Revelations, which I believe people can still get. If you want a copy of that, simply get in touch with us here at madronafinancial.com and we'll send you one of those books out. So Brian, Christians, mechanics, and 401ks, they don't seem to go together in a sentence. What do they have in common? Or actually, what does this chapter mean? Yeah, uh, I was just kind of a tongue-in-cheek comparison here. Uh, I mentioned in the book, uh, just because you show up to church occasionally does not necessarily mean you're a Christian. Just because uh, you have a garage that's full of tools, as in my case, I have lots of tools. I can guarantee you I am not a mechanic. I don't know how to use those tools very well. (laughs) You know, just because I have tools doesn't make me a mechanic. But with 401k plans, most people listening probably have a 401k, a 403b, some kind of retirement plan at work. And you are required to be your own financial expert and manage and pick the investments. No one's doing it for you. So, you know, with these other two, just because you're there doesn't mean you're qualified. I'm going to say the same thing with 401k plans. People go, oh, gee, I'm embarrassed. I don't really understand what I'm in. Why be embarrassed? You know, it was forced upon you. You you were given that role. And I'm saying that maybe you're going to want to get some advice because just because you have a 401k plan does not make you an asset allocation specialist. Yeah, I remember getting a 401k or having a 401k at my previous jobs, and especially when I was young and I would open this up and look at the choices. I had no idea what any of these meant. I picked them the way that I would pick a racehorse, not knowing about, you know, horse racing. I just picked the one with a name that I thought was going to be the best one. Many times it was not the best, and I was uh, really surprised to find out that my employer was of no help either. Well, you you and about 90 plus percent of the people out there have the exact same comment. 
That's right. exactly how it happened. We pick them like, I love your analogy. We pick them like racehorses. <laughs> oh, what a cool name. I think I'll pick this one. Oh, high yield. That's a cool name. I'm going to pick that fund. What is it? Junk it sounds bonds. like a really, oh, yeah, it's junk bonds. Oh, darn. <laughs> I said high yield. Yeah, they don't use the word junk. Uh, you know, it's like, well, I picked the Vanguard fund. What was it? I don't know. Some that said MM I, uh, makes money. No, that'd be money market, which yeah. means it pays nothing. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, I've been in that for 20 years. Darn it. I could have had a good retirement. Now I don't because I didn't know what Vanguard MM and high yield meant. You know, so yeah, that is how we pick our investments. And, you know, don't, again, don't be embarrassed by that. There was no class in high school that I recall. I might, I, they did try to teach me how to use tools. I had shop like mm-hmm. every other person there. But I don't remember asset allocation uh, between uh, history and social studies as a class for me to attend. I don't remember that one. I don't remember, yeah, asset allocation with mutual funds, ETFs, and all of that. Uh, the difference between stocks and bonds and high yield versus high quality and all that stuff. Gee, they didn't teach us any of that yet. One of the most important decisions we're going to make is how we're investing our retirement. And so we have zero education on this very important topic. And so, you know, it's, it's that analysis. And then, yeah, you go to your employer. Can you help me out? And the poor person handing you the paperwork is going, I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. Well, aren't you supposed to be in charge? Oh, well, I, yeah, but uh, the boss picked out the funds. And, okay, boss, can you help me? And they're going, well, I didn't know what to pick. I just <laughs> picked some stuff. And those are what you can pick from. So it's just a, a cascading problem uh, from top on down as to where you're going to go to get some help. So if you're looking at these choices and you do have an opportunity to change them on a regular basis, but you're looking at these choices, you just don't know what to do. You don't know what they're all about. How can you get some help on this? Yeah, I mean, that is something that we have added as a new service. It used to be, I would tell people, come see us when you turn 59 and a half years old because most 401k plans allow for a trustee trustee transfer at 59 and a half where you can move as much money as you want out of your 401k penalty free income tax free into your own IRA at 59 and a half and then we could manage it going forward well now i can tell people that we can actually provide that service to people that are working at a job currently because we could always roll over at 59 and a half i'm talking about a job that you're in now mm-hmm. we had to wait till 59 and a half for we could always roll over old jobs that you're not at anymore where you had a separation from service. But now we can actually manage accounts for people that are in active 401k plans regardless of their age. And so that's something I want to point out. We can be the financial advisor on that account, do the investment analysis of your choices, build the asset allocation plan, actually pull the trigger monitor that, update it, rebalance it, we can, and then provide all of our financial planning services to those folks. So that's something that we can do now. Are there any qualifications to take advantage of this opportunity? Well, definitely, uh, you know, you get a hold of one of Madrona Financial here. Uh, one of our advisors will, will talk to you and, and make sure it's a good fit. Because just because we offer it doesn't mean that you should take us up on that or vice versa, that we'd be a good fit. And so we want to make sure that we, you know, have that conversation with you. So, you know, that's, it's worth, you know, a 15 minute conversation to find out because the implications of poor choices, uh, you know, other examples, I've got a couple. One, this, this woman came to me and she had about 150000 in her 401k plan. She'd worked someplace for 30 plus years. She was in her 60s. Her friends were retiring there with, with close to a million dollars. She couldn't figure out why she couldn't retire. And I said, well, what are you in? And she goes, well, I don't know. And, she, and I looked and I said, well, you're in cash. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been in cash, uh, how long? 40 years, <laughs> 30 years, whatever it was. And I'm like, whoa. Sorry. Well, that'd be why uh, you can't retire and they can. Well, I was nervous and I didn't know what to do. It, had she got a little bit of advice, yeah. she could take 10 years off of her career and, and had a good retirement. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to work till I'm 75. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what to tell her. Uh, another person, you know, we've had this great market for quite a long time, and he was just, he was beside himself. He, I can't figure out why my stuff doesn't go up and everybody else's is. And that was the example I mentioned, the high high yield. Yeah, I mean, high dividend paying stocks, the global high yield fund. I said, no, you're in foreign junk bonds. He's like, what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what that means. Global mm. high yield sounds great. It's foreign junk bonds. Wow. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He'd been in it for 10 years. Market had you know tripled, and he did not participate. And so <laughs> these are things that can really affect your life. So I, I'm really hitting this pretty hard that it's so important to, oh, one other one. Oh, I'm in the target date 2025 fund because I'm retiring in a few years. I said, well, what do you think about bonds? Oh, I hate bonds. I've been listening to you. Interest rates going up. I lose money on bonds. Well, target date 2025 is almost all bonds. What? You mean I've been almost all bonds and I hate bonds? Yep. You know, you just don't know this stuff. So yeah. it's, it's really important to get some help if this isn't your thing. And for 90 plus percent of the people out there, it's probably not your thing. Yeah. You know, some of these names, it's sort of like putting lipstick on a pig. I mean, they make up these names to make them look more attractive. But, you know, if you've ever put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. You know, that's the way it works. We're talking about your uh, 401k here with Brian Evans from Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Once again, if you want help with your 401k, if you got one at work right now, you can get the advice by contacting us here at Madrona Financial. You can go to the website madronafinancial.com and get in touch with us there. Or as always, our number 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Brian, you talked about understanding your 401k options at 59 and a half. What are your options when you get to be that age? Well, yeah, if you're in a 401k plan and you're not 59 and a half, your options are listed with your plan administrator. You have certain choices you can pick from. Somebody has picked those out for you. At 59 and a half, you can then roll it out of that uh, limited set of options in your 401k and into your IRA. Once it's in your own IRA, now you have a plethora of options. Now you can invest in individual stocks. You can invest in annuities. You can invest in private non-traded real estate investment trusts. There are all kinds of stuff you can invest in that probably aren't an option in your current 401k plan. So if you're under 59 and a half, uh, get some help potentially with the choices that are provided to you by your plan. But after 59 and a half, you can have unlimited choices if you roll it into an IRA. And Brian, you can always cash it out, but there's certainly uh, some penalties that you'd have to pay to do that. Yeah, if you take money out of a, a plan prior to 59.5, you have a 10% IRS penalty on top of the income tax at your highest marginal rate. So that's that's always a problem. At 59.5, you can take money out of an IRA and not pay the penalty. You still pay income tax at the highest marginal rate. And then, you know, there's options of Roth conversions, maybe the year after you retire when you're in a low bracket, so the tax planning can come into play. There's, so I, I, as I mentioned before, there are things that people, 
you know, this wasn't a topic in high school. This wasn't a topic in college for right. any of us. We don't know this stuff. And so that 15-minute phone call, plus or minus with one of our advisors to kind of get some clarity on some of that, I think is a good start. So that's what I want to put out there. that People can make that, set that up, talk to one of our advisors, get some of those basic questions answered, and maybe follow up with a meeting to see if there's a, a fit that we could work together with you to help you have a better life. That's why right. we're here. We want you to have a better life. Uh, I can't help you with your relationships so much. I can't help you with, you know, become a better mechanic. But we can help you with your financial decisions, tax decisions, legacy decisions, all, all that kind of stuff. And as you said, Brian, nobody teaches this in high school. They really don't teach it in college. At least I didn't learn it there. But it seems to be something that applies to a lot of people because I think most people who work for, uh, you know, a fairly good company have the opportunity to participate in a 401k. Do you think that this is something that is changing or is this something that we need? I mean, how do we get this education? I agree with you. I I think it's a huge need because it affects everybody. Wouldn't it be nice if in high school somebody told you what a mortgage was and yeah. how points, what points are mm-hmm. on a mortgage about uh, compounding interest, just basic stuff, uh, marginal tax rates, whatever, 401ks, all this stuff. I really think it should be out there. And now that I've said it, somebody's going to say, well, Brian, why don't you put together the curriculum? And we kind of have. I started with the 100 topics. Right, and right. Uh, most of what I talk about on this show comes from those 100 topics. That's why I did them. And so I've got the, again, the videos, 100 videos that we'll, we'll have out shortly, the 100 radio segments. If you listen to our prior shows, uh, it's all there. So this is one of them. This is one of 100. And so, yeah, I, I agree that it is an underserved area that affects us and has a lasting effect, even generationally, but certainly in your life, your spouse's, your kid's life, your retirement, your goal setting, everything. It's so important, but we don't have access to the answers typically. That's why I'm on here offering it. So if you're an educator listening to this program, strongly consider putting some sort of curriculum in your school that teaches kids, you know, things about debt and spending money and investments and all that sort of thing, too. I think you'll be well served and certainly the kids are going to get a lot out of that, too. You're listening to Madrona Financial's uh, Growing Your Wealth radio program with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Once again, if you want to check the health of your financial roots and determine if they can sustain the quality of life that you want for 30 plus years and not topple over your financial plan in a financial storm, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button to get started to request your rooted wealth analysis. No cost, no obligation. MadronaFinancial.com. The button's right there at the top. It says, get started. No cost, no obligation. That's MadronaFinancial.com. And of course, click on that get started button. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about reverse mortgages and more when our show continues after this. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about reverse mortgages. And Brian, we see these commercials all the time on TV. I've seen Tom Selleck talking about reverse mortgages. They've been around for a little while. I think that largely they are somewhat misunderstood. So let's start off with the very basics. Let's go to ground zero. What exactly is a reverse mortgage? 
Well, it's simply a mortgage, a mortgage on your house. However, uh, unlike a typical mortgage, uh, you're usually going from a situation where your house is fully paid up and now you're going to take some money out or a monthly check or some other thing. So it kind of goes the other direction. So you don't have to pay. Uh, you won't be paying the bank on that mortgage. The, the payments will come out of the equity of the house someday. Okay, so with a reverse mortgage, what you're doing is if you have a house that has a lot of equity in it and it's untapped equity, you don't need to pass the house or you don't want to pass the house on to anybody. You can actually get money out of your house in terms of get, you know, taking the equity back. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You have to be age 62 to do it. Now, you know, prior to that, we, we tend to do HELOCs, home equity lines of credit, and you take money out of your house and pay it back. But again, different from a HELOC, a reverse mortgage, you're not going to make the monthly payment back. So, you know, there's there's positives and negatives to everything. What are some of the negatives of a reverse mortgage? Well, your heirs are going to inherit less because someday that house is going to be sold and that bank has to get paid back with interest and there's fees. So, you, you know, these reverse mortgages have a lot of fees embedded. And they're somewhat complicated. Yeah, you can't even just go down and get one. You got to get counseling and, and mm-hmm. other things. So, you know, that might make you pause right there. But certainly, yeah, as I mentioned, your your heirs are going to get less. And, and another issue that can come up is if you ever need to sell that house because it's not quite right as you age, the right kind of house, you may not have enough equity someday to do that if you take out a reverse mortgage. And you kind of lived it up for a while and you go, ooh, uh, now I don't have the resource. I don't have the equity I used to have if I sell this place. So it limits your options somewhat. So those are some of the potential detriments to a reverse mortgage. Okay, Brian. So I've got a house. It's highly appreciated, but it's not paid off yet. Does my house have to be paid off to get a reverse mortgage? No, it just goes in the computation. I mean, like like anything, even with a HELOC, they're going to require a certain loan to value. You have to have a certain amount of equity percentage wise. And then if they did do a reverse mortgage, they would pay off the underlying loan as part of that. Uh, you're getting money, but they're paying off the loan with it. So uh, it would be encumbered by the reverse mortgage only because they would pay off the original uh, mortgage on that if that were the case. Now, if you do get a reverse mortgage, it doesn't mean that you, I mean, you, you basically stop making the mortgage payments. You're getting money back from that, but there's still some other things that you got to pay, right? I mean, you're not excused from taxes, that sort of thing. That's correct. Uh, a lot of people might apply for exemptions from tax depending on your income. Different areas can have that. But yeah, you're right. You still have to have a plan for your property taxes, insurance, upkeep, maintenance. Uh, you have, a, have to have a plan for, is again, is this house going to be okay? If it's got, you know, 72 stairs in it, uh, maybe not. You know, if it's hard to get to, maybe not. Maybe that's not the kind of house you can age in. And so there's a lot of considerations. I I guess that's where the counseling comes in. A lot of considerations. And, you know, I want to talk about, you know, I did talk about the detriments. Uh, I will talk about benefits here. I mean, it it may be a requirement for you to have a successful retirement. Maybe you're more, the house is fine and you do want to stay there, but you can't afford it. But you have lots of equity. And that probably is happening to a lot of people in the Puget Sound area. You know, their house has gone way up. You know, I paid $4,000 for this house 50 years ago, and now it's worth $2 million, you know, whatever. And so, the, you know, you might be equity uh, rich and, and cash poor. So that can be important. Uh, it can allow you to stay in that house. So that might be something that you want to do. So that's a, a benefit of reverse mortgage. If you do have an existing loan, again, it will be paid off, and you won't have to make loan payments anymore. This is not a taxable event. Uh, you can get that money and, and uh, you're not going to pay, you know, 30% back in taxes. 
And you're also protected if the balance of the loan when you pass away or when you have to vacate that house and sell it. Even if the home value uh, for some reason dropped uh, below the loan amount, you're not on the hook to pay that back. So there are certainly some benefits to a reverse mortgage. All right, Brian. So I'm getting money from a reverse mortgage and you know it's increased my cash flow. I've got a little more money. Is that going to affect my Medicare benefits? Uh, no, it shouldn't affect them because it's not a taxable event. You know, Medicare benefits can be negatively affected when you have taxable events. Uh, you sell a rental house or you do something, your income goes way up on your tax return. And then uh, the next year, your your Medicare premiums go way up too. And so that that can happen. But, but with uh, things like inheritances and borrowing, uh, you know, mortgages, reverse mortgages, HELOCs, any of those kinds of inflows of money, those are not put on your income tax return. Therefore, they they wouldn't uh, affect your Medicare supplements payments on that. So, Brian, on the surface, reverse mortgages sound like they have a lot of positive attributes to them. But can you give me an example of uh, maybe where a reverse mortgage did not work out for someone? Yeah. uh, You know, there was a situation they turned uh, 62 and they said, hey, we got some equity in this house. We'll go ahead and get that reverse mortgage. And then uh, one of the spouses died, the one that was the good fixer-upper. And it was a big house and multi-stories. And it wasn't too long before the the widow was at a point where, I mean, the house is basically falling apart because she couldn't fix anything. He passed away prematurely. She couldn't manage the stairs. And so she really had to sell the house. And so she sold the house. Well, by then her equity was so low, she couldn't buy another house, even half the size. And so in the end, you know, some unforeseen circumstances made the the plan not that great. And they were fine and uh, they had money at 62 and and so they they did it and kind of, you know, lived it up basically for a while. Mm-hmm. They got a big chunk of money. They had, you know, great vacations, all this stuff. And then, you know, fast forward 10 years, 72 years old and she's not even able to keep her house or buy another one. So there's a lot of what ifs in financial planning and they aren't always great what ifs. You know, what if he dies? What if she dies? What if you're disabled? What if, what if, what if? You got to run through those and say, am I going to be okay? And that, uh, you know, that's that's got to go into the computation. Don't just go, oh, I got equity. I'm going to take it out. Heck with my kids. I'm going to live it up. Okay, fine. But consider there might, you know, things could go a little south in certain areas in your life going forward. Make sure that you're appropriately set up to, you know, get through that. And I think my example is probably, oh, yeah, I didn't think about some of that stuff you just said. It's not necessarily stuff that you would think about. So if you're doing an income plan and maybe you come up a little short on income, a reverse mortgage may be a way to plug that gap for you a little bit. Big question here, Brian. I think this is on most people's minds. Can I lose my home with a reverse mortgage? Yeah, no, you're not going to lose your home. But as I mentioned, if you're forced to to leave that house for any reason, you may not have enough equity to replace that home. So uh, that's that's the big consideration. But they can't force you out. They can't say, hey, prices in your area drop. We looked up on Zillow. It's below the mortgage amount. Get out. They can't do that. So you know, uh, so that that is a, a you know, one of the advantages of a reverse mortgage. Now, Brian, if someone listens to this and they go, well, you know, I want a little more information about this, or maybe I want to go ahead and get a reverse mortgage. Who can they talk to to get a reverse mortgage? Yeah, we don't offer reverse mortgages. I just wanted to bring this up as a topic, as something I've been asked about. So I don't want to talk about it. But uh, mortgage brokers, uh, there's certain people that specialize in this. There's certain unscrupulous people that are just looking to sell, uh, regardless of your situation. If they're talking about putting you into one and they haven't asked you any questions, 
Probably not the best person to talk to. If they aren't telling you strategy detriments, probably not the best person to talk to. We talk about stuff all the time on this show about why you wouldn't do something. It could be a very good something, but everything has detriments. So make sure that you have somebody you you feel like you can trust that respects you and and asks the proper questions and maybe get some references on that. But it would be through a, a mortgage broker type person. Reverse mortgages are certainly not well understood by most people. So if you're considering one, do your research. You can Google and you can find frequently asked questions and uh, be sure to do your homework before you decide to do a reverse mortgage. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Once again, if you want to check the health of your financial roots and determine if they can sustain the quality of life that you want for 30 plus years, then go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button, get started to request your rooted wealth analysis. It will not cost you anything. It's a very good thing to do to find out whether your roots are deep enough so that your financial plan does not blow over in a storm. Once again, it's Madrona Financial, the Get Started button right there on the homepage. MadronaFinancial.com, click on the Get Started button. Well, Brian, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank our listeners for joining us as well, too. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend. It's a great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency, and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.